Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, it is conference championship weekend in college football with a lot on the line as several college football playoff spots are up for grabs if one of the four undefeated teams in college football go down. Here on a football Friday, we'll go around college football, the NFL, through the entire Sunday slate, the change to Monday Night Football with the flex there, and local high school football playoffs with Gary Hess joining the show, sports director here at WRNL at 12.15. But I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll, and Stubb, we've already started the day pretty good here. Started off with two spares, and uh, Ken, who works here, is a professional bowler. He owns 48 bowling balls. He's going to teach Ooh. me some things as I try to improve uh, my bowling skills every week broadcasting from River City Roll because that is the new roll rule here on 910 The Fans. On Fridays, we roll. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's time to download the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? And we begin in the NBA. There were a lot of good basketball games last night, and we begin by recapping a few of them, starting with the Hornets and the Nets. A back-and-forth game here. Nets with an early lead. Hornets retake control at halftime. Nets come out strong in the third quarter, and then it went down to the wire. Big game from Terry Rozier, who hits a step-back three-point jumper to tie the game, and then a mid-range to win it. Here's the call on WFNZ. Gordon Hayward gives to Terry Rozier. Around the Mark Williams screen. Keeps the dribble. He's one-on-one with Claxton. Rozier picked up the dribble, gives to P.J. Back to Rozier. Rozier against Finney Smith. Pulls up for three. Got it! Ties the game at 120. Rozier around the Williams screen. Matched up with Claxton now. He's got the center on him. Rogier in and out dribble. Step back jumper from the elbow is good. As Rogier wins it for the Hornets, 129 to 128 behind his 37.13 assist performance for the Charlotte Hornets. How about Alex Caruso? Caruso magic last night as the Bulls come from behind to defeat the Bucks. In overtime, it was Caruso who knocked down the three-point shot at the buzzer to tie the game to force overtime, and then Caruso with the game-winning assist, finding Patrick Williams in the paint for a dunk. Here's the call on 670, the score in Chicago. Williams holding and looking in play to Vooch. Vooch with three seconds, the handoff to Alex Caruso. Triple drive, right side three from the tie. Bam! Tie ball game! Onions, baby onions! Alex Caruso <laughs> has sent the game into overtime. Yes, Lillard in play, sideline right, and the pass intercepted by Caruso, intended for Yotis to Williams with a two-handed hammer dunk. 117-110 Bulls, 31 seconds to go on an Alex Caruso steal. Caruso is doing it all. Caruso was doing it all and did it all for the Bulls. They're getting a seven-point win, 120-113 to behind Vucevic's 
10 rebounds, 6 assists performance there in a clutch NBA game. Over to the NFL to recap Thursday night football. And wow, was that a wild one. Uh, it was a ton of fun. We told you guys uh, during the week it was a three-star matchup. And it was Dak Prescott leading the way for the Cowboys. Here's Dak finding CeeDee Lamb up the middle for a 15-yard touchdown pass early in the game. And the call on 105-3, the fan in Dallas. Back under center, followed by Lipke and Pollard. He fakes it to Pollard, steps up, throws back of the end zone. There's CeeDee Lamb tumbling, but he gets both feet down. Touchdown, Cowboys, and they retake the lead in the first. So really impressive performance by the Seattle offense. Geno Smith, 334 yards, three touchdown passes. Charbonnet with one rushing touchdown on the ground, 60 yards, 3.2-yard average there. The problem for the Seahawks was they just could not stop the Cowboys, letting Dak and Dallas go up and down the field, up and down the field throughout the entire game as Tony Pollard's six-yard score into the end zone gave the Cowboys a lead here on 105.3. The fan, here's the call. Ferguson's the tight end to the right. Three receivers left. Gallup, Lamb, and Cooks. They pitch it to Pollard. Pollard breaks back to the inside. Reaches for the end zone, and he's in. Touchdown, Cowboys. And I'm glad I started Jake Ferguson at tight end in fantasy last night as he had six catches for 77 yards. Got into a bit of a fight there with Jamal Adams of the Seahawks in the middle of the game. And then Ferguson got the last laugh with this touchdown grab and then Brandon Cooks the two-point conversion as the Cowboys retake the lead and then go on to win 41 to 35. Belt high snap Prescott with plenty of time lofts it in zone Jake Ferguson covered by Jamal Adams but it doesn't matter Fergie into the end zone and Dallas takes the lead in the fourth two-point conversion for Dallas C.D. Lamb in motion fake it to Pollard Prescott, still plenty of time, lofts it, Cooks is open. Right over the top of the sea and Cowboys, and Dallas now leads it by three, 38-35. Dallas gets a stop on fourth down, gets the ball back, hits another field goal. They're up by six with a minute 43 to go. Seahawks with a final try drive here, grasping for a fourth quarter comeback. It came down to fourth and two at the 50-yard line. Geno Smith drops back to pass, and here's the call once again. Keeps DJ Dallas in the backfield. Lockett comes to the slot. Here comes Parsons, and he forces the pass incomplete, and that will wrap it up. Don't understand how you don't block Micah Parsons on the biggest play of the game. Cowboys win by six and advance to nine and three on the year, and six and oh at home. Dak Prescott quietly really putting himself into the MVP discussion. Here's the Cowboys QB1 after the game. It's what you play the game for. As a quarterback, to have the ball in your hands with an opportunity to go win the game, uh, take the lead, whatever it may be. We practice those situations a lot, too. Over to the NHL here on the Sports app. Every day on the Sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history, the great eight trying to catch the great one, Wayne Gretzky. Needs 67 goals, still to tie 68 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. Caps won 5-4 last night. Ovi, 14 minutes, 45 seconds on the ice. Five shots, no goals, as it was Tom Wilson scoring 
on a power play to record his first career hat trick as the Caps won 5-4. Here's the call on WJFK. Looking for a seam, finding Little. Now across to Ovechkin. Two defenders there, still got it through. Loose in front, Wilson there, and he couldn't get it to go. He did! Tom Wilson, he scores! It's a hat trick! The first of his career! Congrats to Tom Wilson. Let's take a listen to Coach Carberry in the locker room following the victory. Tom Wilson had a night tonight. Hey! Hey! Love the sounds there from the locker room following the Caps win. They've been playing some really good hockey. And congrats to Tom Wilson on his first career hat trick. Over to college football here. The lead story locally has to be the James Madison Dukes losing their head football coach as the athletic director Jeff Bourne announced Thursday that Kurt Signetti will depart the university accepting the head coaching opportunity at Indiana. He said, I want to thank Kurt for his dedication and commitment to excellence as the head coach at JMU. He successfully steered JMU football through a critical period in our history with our reclassification period now complete. James Madison is firmly established as one of the top group of five programs in the country, an ideal destination as we head into the 12-team playoff era. He did everything perfect at JMU Signetti. He deserves a ton of credit and good luck to him at Indiana. But this is going to be a crucial hire now for JMU. We'll dive into it over the next few weeks. Who will take over the Dukes football program? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. River City Roll is a lot more than just a bowling alley. It is the premier destination for entertainment, live music, a great chef-inspired menu, I love the pizza, and more. Head to River City Roll today and tell them AWOD's out. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll, Richmond's social spot with bowling, a seasonal menu, a hopping cocktail scene, a dog-friendly patio that is covered, heated, live music, and so much more. There's a new rule on AWOD Radio. On Fridays, we roll and stub I. Just hit another spare here, so doing really well through my first two frames. And there was a, there you go. a, a listener out there, and he said he saw me knock down nine pins on the first roll, and he said, if you miss that one, you're not an athlete. He said, wow. he said when there's down to one pin, you, if you're an athlete, you knock it down. As you we're got, by. you got to pick up the single pin spare. Yep, so we've got Gary Hess with us here live from River City Roll, and he'll be broadcasting the high school football game of the week, which is Lake Braddock at Highland Springs tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not used to knowing what to do when I have Friday nights off. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, I uh, my guess is my night's going to uh, involve uh, a few beverages and the Oregon-Washington game. That's, yeah. I think that's what my night's going to entail. Absolutely. I'm going to watch that when I get home after But, yeah, we're on uh, 1, o'clock, 1 o'clock tomorrow over at Highland Springs. Lake Braddock, Highland Springs, state semifinals. I love that. And so we'll break that down in a second. But I did want to get your take on – Kurt Signetti leaving JMU for Indiana. Michael Phillips mentioned on his show that he doesn't think that's a better job. Now, I mean, I understand you take the money, uh, but JMU is in such a great position now to make a home run higher. 
I would agree with that, but I, I think it's in, winning at Indiana is hard. Yeah. But when you go from the Sun Belt to the Big Ten, that is undeniable. The Big Ten and the SEC have set themselves up as the super conferences, and Kurt Signetti now has a seat at that table. Now he's way at the end at the kids' table, mm-hmm. but that's a seat at that table. So it's a better job. And the other thing is, you know, he's 62 years old, and, you know, it's time to get paid, you yeah. know. And so you paid your dues. He's paid his dues, you know, and he was the – I think I read this morning he was the lowest paid coach in the Sun Belt. Mm. And, you know, and JMU was going to change that. That was going to change. I don't want to paint – JMU was still in that move. That's part of that probationary moving up. He was still on an FCS contract moving up to FBS and succeeding. But, you know, I don't blame Kurt Signetti for taking a shot. I guarantee you he's going to make a lot more money at Indiana – and, you know, uh, you know, Tom Allen was making, I think, over five mil when he got fired. Yeah. Now he's going to need to turn that around and win. But and that's a tough t- task in the Big Ten, uh, you know, and and the other coach, you know, and I talked I talked to Michael today, the coaches who've left JMU. Everett Withers went to Texas State, yep. didn't win. Mike Houston went to East Carolina, didn't win. And so, you know, being great at JMU is not a. Guaranteed that you're going to win at the next level. So, yeah. uh, but I don't blame you know Kurt Signetti. I'm sure he's won everywhere he's been. He wants to wants to to take on this test. And the other thing is, you know, we all want to look out for our retirement years. And you know, the money he's going to make is undeniable. Yeah. No, I, I don't. Um, you know, I have nothing against him for taking the job. Last three head coaches at JMU: eighteen and seven, thirty-seven and six, and then Signetti fifty-two and nine. Uh, but the program is at an unbelievable point right now where they've gotten all this national recognition that I, it's kind of, to me, like a Shaka Smart situation where they had this amazing recruiting class and then Shaka leaves for Texas and you never got to see that play out. Do you think that's going to be the issue for JMU or will all the people that have been recruited there stay at JMU? Yeah, that's the thing. In the, in, in the portal NIL college football world, I mean – you know, you got to believe there's going to be a bunch of kids from JMU go in the portal. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the Dukes, you know, they're going to have to get somebody in there quick, and that person's going to have to try to keep as many kids as he can. But, you know, the bottom line is this is going to – there's going to be – I don't want to use the word rebuilding because that has a connotation that you're going to necessarily lose. But there's going to be a regrouping of trying to recruit your, the kids you already have right. and then, you know, get enough kids in there – to, to, to keep the mo- to keep the train rolling. Yeah. And you know, and the Sun Belt is, you know, it's not the Big Ten. It's not uh it uh, the uh SEC and and honestly it's not even the ACC or the Big Twelve. But I will tell you, at that group of five level, it is an amazing league. You look at you you look at the pedigree of Appalachian State, you look at the at the pedigree of Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, and uh, Georgia Southern, and and some of the other schools that are in that league. It is um, it's good stuff, and week in and week out, it's compelling. And so, uh, you know, you can definitely win at JMU. Kurt Signetti has proven that, but I believe that can happen moving forward. Yeah, this hire that I guarantee you the AD's phone is ringing off the hook oh, yeah. of people who want this job. I mean, they've built this program up enough where I don't even know if I would say regroup as much as retool. Yeah, retools is a, is a good way to put it. But there is, you know, with the portal, you got to believe some current players 
Well, you know, Kurt Signetti is going to take a few of his favorites with him to Indiana probably, yeah. and some other guys are going to leave, and so there'll be some retooling that has to go on, but it, but it should happen pretty quickly. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, hanging out with the sports director and the voice of high school football, Gary Hess, here on 910 The Fan. Let's get a preview for Matoka at Stonebridge. Matoka's put together a really good year, and, and they've played three playoff games, AWOD and they've given up a total of three points <laughs> in three playoff games. <laughs> now, that's pretty good. Uh, they have they had three regular season losses, all to really good teams, uh, but they have taken care of business in the playoffs. Coach Fred Stutz told us last night on the walkthrough. They made a few changes on the line of scrimmage, some tweaks, and it's really paid off in the playoffs offensively and defensively. The skill kids have been outstanding all year. So – they're going to take their shot, but they got their hands full. Stonebridge, it runs a modified single-wing offense. Coach Mickey Thompson has been, you know, they've butted heads with Highland Springs year in and year out, state championship game, state semifinals. We saw Stonebridge just last year in the state semifinals against Highland Springs. So it is um, it's a tall order for Matoica, but the Warriors are very capable. That's going to be an interesting game. And then the broadcast game of the week, Lake Braddock at Highland Springs. Lake Braddock comes in an interesting bunch uh, with uh, coming off. They were the three seed in that Northern Virginia region where the number one seed was South uh, County Stallions. That's right. AWOD High School. (laughs) And uh, AWOD High School upset by Fairfax in the second round. And uh, Lake Braddock took handled uh, uh, the Fairfax last week. Uh, Lake Braddock has, um, you know, Freedom of Woodbridge is the team to watch in Northern Virginia. But those Fairfax County schools, while they're good, they're not freedom good. So Holland Springs should be favored in this game, especially playing at home. Yeah, and you were explaining to me, so whoever has the higher power ranking gets to host the states on my phone. Yeah, the VHSL has a very convoluted power ranking, which I learned how to calculate over the years. But, uh, you, you know, the power ranking decides who gets in the playoffs and the seeding for the regionals, and then when you get to the state semis, whoever has the higher power ranking gets to host, and then state championships are at predetermined locations, double headers, uh, and this year Division Five, Division Six, have moved back to UVA. So uh, the winners tomorrow will play at Scott Stadium a week from Saturday. So high school football season is winding down, but we always love to ask you, who would you like to spotlight this week? You know, I, I was uh, I, I did want to mention, uh, uh, and you know, it's a Highland Springs player. But he was not our Bunky Trinity player of the game. That was Eric Bird. He was really carrying the mail from the tailback position. But Tamandre Braxton uh, had a punt return, an 80-yard punt return for a touchdown called back. It was called back. He had an interception. He had a strip uh, of the tight end for Manchester, caught a slant, and went six, like 60 yards. But at the five-yard line, Braxton caught him from behind, stripped the ball right out of his hand. Ball never hit the ground. Mm-hmm. He took it away and put it in his pocket and, uh, and rolled over on the ground. So four, single-handedly forced two turnovers and uh, had, a, had a punt return call back, ca- caught a couple passes, impacting all three phases of the game. also want to mention Montino Williams, who's the running back for, for Matoica, ran for over 100 yards in the regional championship game, two touchdowns, and on defense had an interception, a forced fumble, and recovered a fumble. Wow. So 
the guys that really can make an impact in multiple phases are guys that always I find compelling on the high school level. And you can always hear Gary Hess doing the high school football broadcast game of the week alongside Coach Gary Criswell. And now they're at the end of the season, I guess I should throw it out there. Do you know who you would choose to be the 804 High School Football Player of the Year now? You know, it's funny. We've been talking about that, and I don't know yet. I it is Christian not, Martin's got to be up there, right? Christian Martin and Harry Dalton shared the All-Metro Player of the Year award last year. They're both in the equation, but there are other guys, too, who have put together great years. It's not as obvious as it's been, so there'll be a little wrangling over that, and I'm not ready to uh, – uh, announce my support just yet. <laughs> so the game tomorrow. Just like I haven't cast my Heisman vote yet. Yeah. I'm still I'm still holding on to that. So broadcast tomorrow begins one o'clock. One o'clock, one thirty kick, and we're very excited to bring to you one other note. Uh, you know, one of our two big sponsors is Bunky Trinity yes. Trophies. They've been our player of the game sponsor for all thirty years of high school football. I sat down yesterday with Chris and Lee Trinity, reminisced about Bunky, their dad, who uh, was. Uh, just a, a friend of high school football, and they have been an integral part of everything in this community for 55 years. The last 30 is our player of the game sponsor, and uh, very good stuff. That's going to run at halftime tomorrow as well. I so. love that. We're going to take a quick break here as I'm going to do a little bowling. That's the rule here. On Fridays, we roll, and Gary's going to provide a little play-by-play. I can do that. Yeah. Have you ever called bowling before? I have not. <laughs> What's the weirdest sport you've ever done play-by-play before? Do you ever do golf? Do you ever do tennis? Anything like that? I haven't done play by play for any of that. Yeah. I've done volleyball. That's oh, you have probably, done volleyball. Yeah. All right. So, so maybe is, I'll spike the bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> that would be entertaining. <laughs> like Fred you know, bowl like Fred Flintstone. You're not old enough to even know what that means. <laughs> no. I have watched I've watched the Flintstones, yes. I was more of a Jetsons guy though. But the but the way <laughs> the way Fred bowled was priceless. Yeah. So just you look it up on YouTube. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein, you're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. River City Roll is much more than just a bowling alley. It's got a seasonal menu with amazing pizza. I had the Korean barbecue wings the other night. They were amazing. I had to order more. A hopping cocktail scene, dog-friendly patio. Bring the pup. That's It's covered. It's heated. Live music on the weekends and a lot more. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you hear him talking UVA on Who's Talking. That's Frank Maloney. What's going on, Frank? Adam, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Happy Friday. Yeah, um, it is a big Friday. Uh, Celebrated my birthday yesterday, so uh, fired up for this weekend. I love to hear that, man. And UVA with a big win over Texas A&M, and I was really impressed with the defense. You know, uh, there's some things about the defense that are remarkable. The uh, the ability of a number of players to elevate and block shots is uh, amazing. On the other hand, uh, Virginia's got to improve their on-ball uh, denial of dribble penetration. Virginia uh, has, has got to make teams work a little harder before they get to the paint. And uh, Tony's working on them, and they'll get it. I appreciate that, Frank. And let me ask you this, man. Because I, I've been looking, yeah. I've been watching the UVA games this year, and I've been really impressed with with Reese Beekman's ability to kind of run the offense. But uh, 
I do think that there's a bit of a weakness in the paint. Do you, do you feel that way when you're watching UVA? Of course. I mean, you know, what, what Virginia needed, and it, it didn't play out this way, but they needed either um, Big Poppy Caffaro or Shedrick, Caden yeah. Shedrick to stay. If one of those guys had stayed, Virginia would be top ten all season. No, it's a great point, and Cedric's definitely having uh, success this season. Um, while we have you on the line, though, we did want to kind yep. of recap the UVA football season. It did end with that disappointing uh, defeat to Virginia Tech, a wire-to-wire victory for the Hokies. Uh, but did you feel like there was some progress made in year two of the Tony Elliott era? You know, um, there's some things they proved to me um, and and most – close followers that, um, you know, you could build on. Um, I I would say that right now the real issue, regardless of what happened during the season, which had more setbacks than successes, Mm. is they've got to find a way to keep number 20 on defense, uh, Jonas Sanker, on the team, uh, regardless of what teams offer him. Um, They've got to find a way to keep – Anthony Calandria in orange and blue uniform. Uh, he's clearly going to be a star yeah. um, at quarterback. And they've got to find a way to keep Malachi Fields in, in a UVA uniform. So those are three very important players going forward. Um, I think, you know, a little time has gone by now. I expect UVA to make some moves relative to the special teams. Um, they need to reassign those people or fire them. Um, they clearly don't get it. You can't give up two blocked punts in the same season for touchdowns. You can't give up two kickoff returns for touchdowns. And uh, they did both. So I, I don't care who says what. Those those people assigned to special teams uh, this year have got to go. One of them is Drew Meyer. He's a consultant. I don't know what he's doing, but he doesn't get it. Um, as as far as the team goes, you know, you got to tip your hat to uh, the head coach. Uh, Tony Elliott did a great job of keeping the kids focused and motivated. Um, uh, I don't know really what happened last Saturday night. That was, uh, I think that's just one of those aberrations. You just have to burn the tape and never look at it. Um, it's just one of those games. And you you know what I mean by that. Um, apparently they all got up on the wrong side of the bed. Apparently the pregame, uh, planning was, was a mistake. Uh, all the prep work obviously was not in alignment with who the opponent is. And I, I gotta say this, UVA needs to start putting greater emphasis, um, on the football program and on the recruiting and on the coaching staff. Uh, more more money needs to be spent. UVA is not spending the money they need to spend on it. Everybody knows that it's a you know a hush hush thing, but that's what's got to happen. And uh, it ha- it doesn't just matter about that last game. There, are, the loss to Georgia Tech was was shameful. That second half, um, Virginia can do better. Uh, we've committed to athletics across the board in a big way, and Virginia wins national titles in numerous other sports, and they should be able to have a top-20 football team. And George Welsh did it, 
Al Groh did it for a while, and uh, I thought, really, I thought Bronco Mendenhall was headed that way. I don't know what happened between Carla Williams and Bronco. Only they know. They were in the room together, and obviously it didn't go well, did it? Yeah, no, you're right, and I love that insight, but I want to go back to what you were saying. I mean, I totally agree. In this era of college football, you got to keep your star players, right? You mentioned Fields. You mentioned uh, Anthony Calandra. You've got to keep your stars. That might be even more important than bringing in big-time recruits. Got to keep the guys from transferring. But I'm going to say in year three of the Tony Elliott era, he has to prove yep. to me that he can win close games, Frank. I mean, you look at the schedule this year, and hey, it just drives me I agree. nuts. Hey. You know, one-point loss here, three-point loss there. They could have been above 500 this season. So, yeah, the, the loss to Miami was brutal. I mean, to lead yeah. them the ent- almost the entire game and to have the lead even in overtime. Um, it was, but, uh, Frank, not- I'm going to even say the loss to JMU was even more devastating. I mean, you're at home well, with a big fourth-quarter lead. Four- they won the game going into the locker room the first time, and they lost the game in that 10 minutes that followed when they came back on the field and the stadium was empty. And, you know, the football gods did not help Virginia that day. Um, Virginia would I think Virginia would have won that game comfortably um, if the momentum had not been erupted by the weather delay that didn't happen. You know, yeah. the sun came out, the rain, the rain stopped, there was no lightning within close proximity of Scott Stadium. But Virginia fans had left, and they didn't hang around. They were wet. They went home. I know, and, but there's uh, no excuses, Frank. You know, there's no excuses listen, for that. Listen, I know. You know. I know but hey, Frank, Frank let, me ask you, you. let me ask you this, because yeah. I, I saw this on social media all week. How would you respond yep. to all the tech fans that are puffing their chests out and saying, this isn't even a rivalry anymore. We've won 19 in the last 20. Well, you know, um, re- remember this. Uh, you, you, if you crow too much following, uh, um, you know, a year of a mismatch, that is bulletin board material for five years. And Virginia will eventually figure this out. And whether it's Tony Elliott running the show or not, they will get the right guy in there and then they will start beating the Hokies. And then the Hokies will have nothing because they can't win in other sports. Uh, and they, it's been proven. In fact, if you look at the Commonwealth Clash right now, it's like 5-1 to one Virginia. Well, that so, one is the one that matters most to Hokies fans, and that well, being football. Could, we got Frank Maloney with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Clean Hotline. You can yep. check out who's talking every Monday here on the fan. Uh, Frank, who do you got winning the ACC championship game this Saturday? Well, it's a, it's a huge game. Florida State is favored by six and a half points against Louisville. Um, Louisville wet the bed last weekend. How could you lose to Kentucky? Kentucky isn't some great team this year. Uh, Louisville lost focus, and I don't see how they can rebound from that and certainly play well enough to be a very motivated, undefeated to this point Florida State team. And the quarterback for Florida State is getting better. And I think Florida State covers the spread and wins the game and makes the college football playoff and plays well in the college football playoffs. Frank, I always appreciate you taking the time to join the show, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, one heads up. I'm going to predict that Alabama edges Georgia, even though I've, I've liked Georgia for years and they've got 29 straight wins. Alabama gets a little bit of payback uh, this weekend. 
I mean, they're they're one of the hottest teams in the country after that miracle victory last week. So it wouldn't surprise yeah, me you could, if they if won could, again. If you could throw it, if you could throw a touchdown pass from your thirty on fourth and goal, <laughs> something's going on, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm totally with you. All right, Frank, I appreciate you joining the show, man. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from River City Roll. On Fridays, we roll, and River City Roll is much more than a bowling alley. Got an incredible seasonal menu, pizza, wings, burgers, Tater tots, fries, a hopping cocktail scene, dog-friendly patio that is covered and heated, live music on the weekends, uh, live music and brunch on Sundays, which is fun. I've been here before, and so much more. Head to River City Roll today. Tell them AWOD sent you, and here it is, a football Friday, and it's joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. It's time to catch up with our buddy from D.C., Matt Valdez from the Junkies. What's going on, Matt? Adam, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing good, man. It's uh, good to talk to you. It's been a while, and uh, yeah, I did I want hey, to congratulate I, last, you. Yeah, last time I wanted I to congratulate you, I you I on a great bit. Four and zero. Yeah, yeah, no, you did. But I did want to congratulate you on a great bit with the junkies, with uh, dressing up as what was it, Tony DeVito, and doing the whole yes. Italian bit and pouring, uh, you know, sauce all over cakes. He's you know totally taken over as the new AWOD character of the junkies, and uh, I thought that was really well executed. Well, I appreciate it. Coming from a pro like yourself, uh, it means a lot, especially someone who likes to commit to the bit. And uh, I, I appreciate Cakes for being such a good sport. I still can't believe I still can't believe he talked himself into doing that. And I also I still can't believe that for whatever reason, Commanders fans think that they have some sort of uh, superiority complex over these inferior teams. It's just it's crazy the bravado that that people have about the Commanders. I know from from things that happened thirty years ago. You know? uh, yes. It's so wild. All right, so let's get to the segment here. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend, weekend, Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. And I did want to start the segment with this. I mean, that was a hell of a football game last night. And obviously listening to the junkies this morning, I could tell Drab was disappointed. But I thought the Seahawks put up a heck of a fight. A great Thursday yeah, night yeah. game, Valdez. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Gino looked really good. Uh, Drab was definitely in a bitter mood. Uh, you could tell that he he stayed up late and he kind of saw his season slip away with the Seahawks' loss. Um, you know, ever since the Ravens kind of broke the Seahawks at M&T Bank Stadium, <laughs> they really haven't been the same kind of team, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not just me, but it's just. Ever since that loss where they just really got pounded, like they just haven't really recovered yet, and Dak looks good, you know, you better you better hope you don't see the, the Cowboys in the playoffs because the Cowboys at home are a, a, a different animal. They are a juggernaut at home. But I will say about the game, it is, dude, I got to – these refs got to, like, keep, keep it in check, man. 
the, the <laughs> game was just so many penalties. It's just so laborious watching a game like that when you have 19 penalties for over 400 yards. Uh, and, and it just it seemed like they just walked the Cowboys down the field on a couple of drives. You know, yeah. it's not a ref show, people. People are people want to see the quarterbacks. They want to see explosive offense. But you know what? We don't need to see you saying holding defense number 24 every five seconds. No, Valdez, I, I think to a bigger point, you could argue that officiating is down in all four major sports over the last few years. And honestly, who would ever want to raise their kid to be a referee right now? <laughs> It's yeah, I know. It's a, it's I know. I understand it's a tough job, and I, you know, in the NFL, you really only have 16 games to to make or break your season, and you real in every game, you really only have about 10 to 15 drives, depending on how the the game goes, and within those drives, you have penalties, and those penalties are just game changing penalties. Uh, uh, whether it means they're going to score or not score uh, in that drive, you know, 15 yards. Think about it for the for the football field is 15 percent of the field. So if you're gaining 15 percent of your yardage on a drive just by one face mask call or one late hit call, these these calls that the refs are making are very they mean a lot in these games. It's not like a, a missed ball or strike where you have 162 games in a baseball season and one missed call like that doesn't necessarily determine your outlook for the playoffs or not. But when it comes to the NFL, everything is so important. Everything is so magnified that one call can cost you a game. And that game is the meaning of making the playoffs or not. Just they're very significant. And I don't understand how referees are not, not, not blind, but just how they're missing calls like this. Cause, cause the, the scale is so big. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Valdez with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? Easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD Radio to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't Sleep makes you great. Valdez, we'll get to my lock of the week right here. And my lock of the week is Detroit to bounce back. They did not look good on Thanksgiving, uh, but I do think that they are a very good football team this year that's going to win a playoff game. Yes, they're on the road in New Orleans, but I think the Saints are overrated at 5-6. and six. I think the Falcons probably still win that division, even with the terrible quarterback play from Desmond Ritter. So I've got the Lions to win and cover the 4.5-point spread. I like your pick, Adam, especially because I know the Saints have a lot of injuries. And what's even worse is you had Alvin Kamara, their, their star, saying to the press that the offense doesn't have an identity. You mean yeah. you have your star player saying something like that during the media during heading up to the week. It's not looking, it doesn't really look good for the Saints. So I really like the Lions to bounce back, especially after a lot of rest, after the, the loss of Thanksgiving. And I expect Dan Campbell to really have the boys buzzing. Absolutely. What's your lock? My lock of the week in the NFL is I'm going with the Commanders Dolphins under 49 and a half. I kind of oh. think this is going to. I kind of think this is going to be like a little sleepy game. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy and the offense is really going to try and establish the run. He's been getting a lot of criticism for being pass happy, but in order to keep that explosive Dolphins uh, offense off the field, you're going to have to try and possess the ball. You're going to try to run the ball. And think about it: the Dolphins, even though they are explosive in the past, they are a very good running team. So I think it's kind of a ground and pound game for both sides of the ball. 
I think that it's posted at 49 and a half, but I really think it's going to go under. I think it's like more like a 20, kind of like a 26-19 Dolphins win. Being a great radio producer, I know you love bets and bits, but your pick there is going against our bet that we're having at 910, the fan between Michael Phillips and myself. MP really believes that Ron Rivera is going to call the plays and make a difference and this defense will improve. I just think it's going to get worse because I, I actually you know, think Jack it, Del Rio, as bad as he is, is a better coordinator than that dinosaur Ron Rivera. So I've got the Dolphins scoring like 45 on the commanders. Wow, that's cr- that's crazy. Well, I'm, I'm with your colleague, Michael Phillips, because I feel like Ron can make a difference. And then it's not just Ron. It's bringing in someone who's more experienced on the defensive backs coaching side. Think about, think about the staff. They got rid of some Mickey Mouse high school coach who was doing the D-backs help, and now they brought somebody in from Buffalo who really knows what they're doing. So it's, it's kind of like a stock, Adam, is that we're buying low right now. Uh, we're buying uh, the fact that they had a lot of time to prepare. We're buying the fact that Jack Del Rio is out, out um, after seeing the, the Cowboys just run up as many points as possible. So I, I like this spot that they're in. I, I really do think Ron can – can make a difference. And to be honest, I said this on air with the junkies. I said, you think I'm, you think I'm kidding, but I guarantee you on Monday, we'll be talking about keeping Ron Rivera on as some sort of defensive coordinator, <laughs> defensive, defensive consultant, if he can hold Miami to, to 21, 23 points during this game. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to blow my brains out if that happens. Uh, let's get to your <laughs> sports tilt of the week, Valdez. Oh, it, it's definitely in college football. I am so angry at all these people who want to knock Florida State out of the top four playing for the college football championship if if they go undefeated still. Look, the whole point of playing a season is having a resume for the committee to see and, and, and to select you that way. The committee's job is not to prognosticate who they think would be the best matchups in the final four in the college football playoffs. Florida State plays in the ACC. They play in a big boy conference. And if you go undefeated, you deserve to to play for a national title. If this was the scenario last year, teams like TCU wouldn't even make the college football playoffs. You know what they did? They went in and they housed Michigan. These teams, just because a backup quarterback is playing, does not mean they should not be deserving to play for a national title. Look, backups win championships too. Just ask the Eagles and Nick Foles. It happened. <laughs> That's a great point, man. I love that tilt of the week. My sports tilt of the week, I, I talked about this uh, all week long, is that it's end of November, now it's December 1st, and the Commanders aren't even in the hunt. And I was saying, I, I live in the hunt. I've lived in the hunt for 30 years. My team's never a contender, but usually when I watch Sunday Night Football or primetime NFL, they show the graphic for teams in the hunt, and I can always grasp that Washington's in the hunt. We're not even in the stupid in the hunt graphics right now, and that's what's so tilting. That might be an all-time low, but I completely understand what you mean, especially when you add a, a, another week of football, right, and another and, and another playoff spot and a wild card. It's almost like every team's in the hunt. If your team's not in the hunt, then you might as well you might as well pack it in. Right. Yeah, I have no reason to watch. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you can kind of you can analyze the roster. You know, you you know what you're doing. You're analyzing who you want to be on this uh, team next year. Yeah. I guess you're right. As a, Ra- I'm just- as a Ravens fan, as a Ravens fan, I don't have that problem, Adam. I'm lucky <laughs> enough. <laughs> hey, well, I'm lucky enough to have a Ravens Super Bowl bet on FanDuel right now uh, that will win me 300 bucks if it comes true. 
Well, that's awesome. I know that yeah. you're going to find out who the Ravens are in the uh, next coming weeks. I know after this bye, they have uh, they host the Rams, but after that, they play San Francisco, they play Miami, they play the Steelers, and I believe they play. I forget their last one, but they they have the hardest remaining schedule heading into the playoffs. Oh man, that's so tough. you're going to really hey, know who they are. Valdez, before I let you go, will you be heading to Pamplona before my favorite restaurant in Clarendon closes down for good? You know what? I'm looking at my calendar right now. I'm trying to figure out a day uh, to go up Friday or Saturday uh, for one last hurrah uh, at the best bar in Arlington. I thought about you a lot, Adam, because all <laughs> of those memories, you should be like the, the goodbye Grand Marshal. <laughs> I know. I'm waiting for Chuck Lee to send a limo to take me from Richmond to Arlington. Yeah, yeah. How much? Yeah. How much is a? How much is an Uber XL from Richmond to Arlington? <laughs> or Uber I'm sure Black, he can afford they it. it. They've got days. like 12 taco rocks by now. He can afford that. I, I think they have one in every single mun- municipality in Northern Virginia. <laughs> Valdez, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Yep, follow Valdez on Twitter at Matt Valdez, uh, Matt underscore Valdez. I'm at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.